is the Meeting of Minds podcast with me, Philippa Robinson. Good morning. Welcome back to the Meeting of Minds podcast. I'm here again with Louisa. Morning. Morning, everyone. Everyone. Yes. Hello. We are um, here with another, which is the last one, actually. I'm um, going to be recording with Louisa um, for this series. And today we are talking about money because money was um, another, it was a theme that ran through quite a few of the comments that I received from people about experiences they had in their 20s or what they'd know, wish they'd known in their 20s. Um, and yeah, quite a few of them were about money. So we thought we'd, oh, well, I thought, and Louisa has agreed to uh, talk mm-hmm. um, about money with me. So um, I think I'll just dive straight in and tell you one of the, the stories that I, that I received. So um, when I was in my 20s, I got in serious trouble with money. In 1991, so that was quite a long time ago now, I was earning a regular income for the first time and convinced myself without difficulty that accepting the offers of a store card and a couple of credit cards was acceptable. It didn't feel like I was being extravagant. I needed smart clothes for the first time in my life and it wasn't hard to tell myself that new clothes and a couple of nice handbags were essentials. I prioritised going for a few drinks after work and a few more at the weekend, often going into my overdraft facility just to make sure I didn't miss a night out. I was living in a new town and felt it was more important to keep up with my new friends than manage my account. Before long, the outstanding balance on my credit cards, store card and overdraft exceeded my monthly income and I was in serious trouble, struggling to pay the rent and the real essentials. This led to a downward spiral culminating in the loss of my job. Because my job was in a bank, they dismissed me when they received an attachment to earnings order. Uh, Also the threat of eviction and ultimately I was arrested and briefly held in custody. Fortunately, I was young enough to cut my losses, close my bank account, find a cash in hand position and resurface some years later to start again. That was in the nineties And I imagine that such drastic measures would be difficult, if not impossible these days. I think young people are a lot more financially savvy these days, but it's still easy to get carried away with credit so easy to access. My message to my daughter and all young people starting out is if you can't afford it, you probably don't need it. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. But... I also totally understand how easy that is to do. I got into lots of debt when I was younger. I used to get every credit card, well, not every credit card, but I had quite a few because because they had nice pictures on them. How how, how daft is that? That's how they get you. Yeah, exactly. And then you get a credit card and then they give you sort of quite a modest limit. And then without even asking, they up it and up it and up it and up it. And at one point at my max, gosh, at my max, I had 15 grand's worth of debt on credit cards. Mm. Um, And I kept taking loans out to consolidate the debt. And um, I mean, I I never got to the stage that that 
that person did luckily um mm-hmm. but it did mean that I had to carry on doing a job that I didn't particularly love and maybe if I didn't have that debt to service I I might who knows I might have taken a decision to get out earlier but because I knew I could earn the money I knew I could afford the debt so it sort of serviced itself so it was okay but it only was okay because I kept earning that money and imagine you know now I think I mean I don't spend too much time thinking about it but what could I have done with that that money instead and um I mean the the point is actually how easy it is yeah yeah Um, Uh, yeah there's not enough information for young people um and you know it is credit is easily accessible I also had a moment like that when I was 18 and I worked in Debenhams and I luckily my parents have always been brilliant with money and they've always been honest with me and my sister and and told us about their financial situations but I was 18 I worked in Debenhams and one of my friends was like please so Deb it was a thing if you worked at Debenhams you had to um, open a number of store cards a week to hit target and so she said to me, please, Louisa, please, you're 18, just open it. I promise I won't let you get into trouble. And and I didn't. I, I didn't. Um, but it was my first full-time job. So it was my first real amount of oh God, good income. I wasn't even I didn't even make a grand amount. Yeah. But it felt <laughs> so, like it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And actually, I I was 18. I was in my prime of going out and wanting new things and clothes. And I was also just working in Debenhams and that's not what I wanted to do. So I think I compensated for that with buying things. Oh yes. And um, yeah. So for about three months, I would spend say 500 pounds on my card. And I think it's okay. Like you, I could afford to pay it back. But then I realized three months down the line, that just wasn't a way to live. Constantly putting 500 pounds on the month before and thinking about paying that off whilst loading it back up again, because I can't afford to pay for anything. Um, And so, yeah, luckily I never got into trouble, um, but I learned early on how easy easy it is especially when you don't have cash in your purse you don't know how much money you've got and you don't check your balance every day and it's just ping 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 on the card yeah um it's easy it's too easy it is way too easy um i witnessed so many friends come back from uni and we'd go out and we'd be in a nightclub and at midnight they go oh wait a minute i just need to log on and at midnight in a club, they would log on and they would press the button for the next bit of their student loan and in the money would come. And then, yeah, the drinks would flow. And I just think in that moment as a young person, brilliant, I can continue having the night of my life. Yeah. But that, that is just not, that it's not helpful to society and to young people 
to give them that button so easily and do you know what I mean I do I do it's not sustainable either is it but he but how do you learn that? Yeah, well, yeah, and that, I think that's what I'm sort of, it's the balance of having funds available to, 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 oh God, to go out and have a good time and, in mm-hmm. you, you know, experience some of what the world now has to, or, you know, life now has to offer you as you spread your wings and, um, and do more and have more uh, opportunities, but within a, Hmm. well, I was going to say within a safe thing, but who's ever going to keep, the only person who can keep that within a safe limit is ourselves, Mm -hmm. because only us know what that is. And if actually we have no idea about money, so I wasn't brought up talking about money, Mm -hmm. Um, you, you know, money was a problem in our house, but I didn't know it was a problem when I was, um, younger and you know it was definitely not anything that got discussed and uh, yeah um and somehow what for some reason I've always been really meticulous with money and I did and I say that and I still managed to get into debt I used to have when I was a kid I used to have a little bot a little you know cash tin with it with a, with a key on it and I used to keep all my money in this cash tin and I had a little book that I wrote everything down in of how much yeah. money I had and what I'd spent I was meticulous Mm-hmm. And I still managed to then, it was when I, when I started my job as a trainee solicitor and had a re, quite a reasonable amount of disposable income. And I just went mad, mm-hmm. you know, I, you, mm-hmm. you know, just used to go out all the time and spend money. And I invariably spent more money each month than I had coming in. So over the course of three or four years, that's how I managed to get into a lot of debt. Um, so I didn't learn quite so early. It took me a while um but it's just it's that ballot you know maybe maybe it is a rite of passage getting into a little bit of debt I don't Mm, to yeah um (laughs) but how did it make you feel because I when I plan to go traveling with my friends typical young person being me, I didn't save enough money. And when I realized that I needed to find a way to, to find the rest of this money, I looked at everything. I looked at loans. I didn't want to ask mum and dad because they have taught me so well. You know, I'm grateful for the way they brought me up and, and educated yeah. me about money and, and the value of it. Um, but I don't know, in those months where I was looking around and I didn't want to ask mum and dad for help, I couldn't sleep. I had sleepless nights thinking about money. Um, and yeah, so how did you feel when you were, when you had that just hanging over you? I think I never really felt like it was, because I had, a because I could manage, yeah. I had enough money to, to, to manage to pay the debt off and live. And I wasn't living in a place that I didn't, you know, it's not like I needed more money to live somewhere nicer. I, so I, I, you know, I was doing okay, but what I didn't have was the money that I was paying off the loan each month. And, and maybe, you know, I'd keep refinancing. So I'd take a loan off to pay my credit cards off 
to mm. consolidate them all into and that, that this was in the days before you could move your balances around and get zero interest for however many months mm-hmm. so I'd take a loan out and consolidate it all and know that I could pay that one amount um but then whilst I was paying that off I'd have a credit card and I'd get more debt and then mm-hmm. I'd consolidate the rest of the loan that was left with the new debt so I it was it was a vicious it was a really vicious yeah. circle I didn't I didn't worry about it in the state sense that it gave me sleepless nights, mm-hmm. but it did get to the stage where I was thinking, how am I ever going to get myself out of this loop? Mm-hmm. A relationship came to an end and I had, um, I, I ended up getting a lump sum out of the sale of, sale of the house because I had put quite a lot into it. It wasn't my house. It was his house. But he, I'd put quite a lot into it during the time we'd been together. So um, he paid me a lump sum when he sold it. Mm-hmm. And um, I used that to pay the debt off. And I've never been in debt since. Mm-hmm. So I never actually had to work hard to pay. I mean, I did work hard to pay it off because I worked hard on the house. and I, But I didn't know that working hard. I mean, that's when I tore a disc in my back doing so much gardening. And that pain is still <laughs> with me, still with me now. So maybe I am still paying. <laughs> But um, <laughs> so, you know, maybe it is still haunting me somehow. But um, mm. I didn't know when I was doing all that work, because obviously I hope, you know, I thought we were building a home together. Um, so but I full, I totally appreciated being debt from debt free. Uh, once mm-hmm. it had gone, I, I made So maybe it was weighing on my mind more than I appreciated, because once it had gone, mm-hmm. um, it was a real relief. But it was mm. caught up in the, you know, the heartbreak mm. of the relationship ending as well. So it's all a bit, you know, a bit of a muddle. Um, but I, yeah, I, I have never been in debt since. And you know, my my now husband um, is not into debt at all. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. that's not we 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 just don't don't do that. I mean, I've got a car on finance at the moment and he hates the idea that we've got, you, you know, he's oh. so, he's so not yeah. into, into that. So, um, but equally I was listening to a podcast yesterday, you know me, love a podcast. <laughs> and, um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and there was a, a woman, to, the, the, the guest on the podcast was talking about money actually. And she was, um, she was saying what her tips would be um, to women mm-hmm. because a lot of, a lot of women end up in a situation where they are, they're not paying the bills. They don't know what the outgoing goings are. They don't know how much money is coming in and they don't know how much money is going out because um, their partner takes care of all that, uh, which is, which is great to not have that worry, but then actually you, you don't know. So if something happens in the relationship or something happens to the partner or, you know, mm-hmm. things can go yeah. wrong. And I've known plenty of people where things have gone wrong and then you just don't know. And so one, so she had three tips, which I feel like actually, since we're talking about money, I, I think they were really good. One is know how much money you've come, got coming in and how much money you've got going out. Because apart from anything else, being aware you can, you 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 see if things are going out that you don't know what they are so keep mm-hmm. a check on a, at least on a monthly basis of what is going out because there you will pick up any fraudulent things that are going out mm-hmm. or any payments that are going out that you don't know what they are and you can ask those questions um 
So know what's coming in and out. Also, if you want to take a massive change of direction in your life, you have the handle on the finances and yeah. know how much you need to bare minimum, how much you mm -hmm. need to live on. So do that. The second one, especially um, when it, as a woman, a lot of women don't have a good credit history mm -hmm. because they don't have credit in their name. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's actually better if you ever want to raise money, you have to have a credit history. And if mm -hmm. you've never been in debt, yeah, it's actually it actually counts against you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I certainly that is my understanding and how I've found it in the past. And that is what this woman was saying. So I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm an expert and I've not looked it up now. Mm. But actually having no credit history is almost worse than having. Worse. Well, it's as bad as having a bad credit history. Mm. What they actually want to see is your is your history of having had credit and paying it back. So you're a good mm -hmm. um, a good risk because you've you you know what it is to 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 borrow money and to pay it back mm -hmm. so that was the second one okay yeah and the third one is and i have said this to so many of my friends in the past if you are living in a you know have your name on the on the deeds to the property you know sometimes there are reasons not to mm -hmm. but if there is no reason not to always make sure that your name is on is on the the deeds to your property if you are buying it jointly with your partner you're contributing it doesn't have to be equal there are ways of there are ways of documenting it so that it doesn't have to be 50 50 if that is not what is the fair situation you know the fair sort of way to look mm -hmm. at it but always make sure your name is on the property because then it can't be sold without you knowing about it uh it can't be remortgaged or, or mortgaged in the first mm -hmm. nothing can happen without you knowing about it unless of course somebody forges your signature and that's a whole other yeah. that's a whole other ball game but you are more in control and you know and I think those three things yeah. are really interesting but that's going back to the credit thing which is what we were talking about and have you been in debt since no no <laughs> because so I ended up asking my mum and dad for money for traveling because my mum and dad don't believe in borrowing money or you know yeah. living beyond your means um so they they're saints they always they're always there to help me and my sister with whatever we need and they're they're not flashy they actually both came from very poor backgrounds which hence why they are good with money because yeah. they've lived they've lived with very little um but no i haven't and it just causes me stress to think about money and I don't want to think about that and I I agree that so coming back to the point about not having credit is actually very unhelpful and it is so young I for me I felt like no information was really available you kind of have to learn to play the game you have to I think the best way to live is to learn how credit cards and things work so that you can also play the game and play the system and get whatever you can out of it. Um, yeah. But it, that that's the tipping point, isn't it? Knowing enough so that you don't get into trouble um, or you don't overspend without knowing the rules, all of those things. Um, and actually 
for a long time, lots of my friends said, oh, I'm never going to get a credit card. They're bad. And now they're struggling now that we're at an age where people are looking to buy houses and, you know, they they've never even paid their phone contracts because many parents take out phone contracts for children. And then there's never that transition. So it's another small thing. But if if it's not in your name again, you it, it doesn't help you. Um, but I. One of my biggest questions is why why aren't children educated younger about topics like this? Because this is what's important. If if a young person has to go out and find their way in the world, and I was lucky enough to have parents to guide me, but if you don't, um, or if you have parents that aren't as clued up about money or haven't had those difficulties and therefore can't teach you then where are you going to learn? As a young person, you just go out and you you kind of do what you can with the information and the knowledge you have. Um, but I just think if there were, was a little, little bit more time spent explaining it to, to younger people at school, they'd be a little bit more clued up before they go out and and make those decisions yeah yeah because they they do is it pshe at school and i don't know whether they, they seem to do all sorts of things in pshe what's that oh i'm not even sure i'm not even going to pretend to try and work out what it stands for but that is you know personal social health and something or other economic could it be economic which actually would seem to be about money. I mean, maybe they do one basic lesson about money. I don't know. I've certainly not heard my children coming home talking about it, but I will certainly tell my children about money. Um, I mean, I forever, like, you know, when we used to go to the petrol station when they were little, they used to say, so you've put the petrol, you know, I used to say, right, so I've put the petrol in and now I have to go in and pay for it. It's not free. I have mm -hmm. to go in and pay for it. And I pay for it on my bank card, but I wouldn't be able to pay for it unless I had money in my bank. So I've got to earn money, mm -hmm. work, so that money goes in my bank because I'm paid for that work. And then I use this card to to, pay, to use that money to pay for things we need. And I've, I've done that mm -hmm. from quite a young age. I'm not saying that's actually work wonders because my kids like... <laughs> One of them in particular gets money in one hand, you know, his birthday money is spent almost the same day, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, and I, yeah. educate them. And I don't know whether it, it it's possible for it to be in schools or parents might be more encouraged to talk to their children more, or, or, but actually when maybe the time for that conversation is different for every mm. person when it will actually and, and maybe that time for that conversation is often when it's too late I don't mm. know I I think one thing that stuck out for me when I I think I was still in primary school maybe just into secondary school when you know material things begin to mm hold more importance in your life and my mum and dad used to say um I don't know I'd come home and say oh guess what this person's mum and dad have got a new car or something like that it's really lovely and mum and dad would say that's nice always but remember that you know they may not own that car and they may have financed that car and therefore actually it's not really theirs and 
So those were the kinds of things they said to me. And as I grew up, hearing those things, I understood. And actually, I can hand on heart say that those friends whose parents were financing a lot of things and did not really explain any financial difficulties they had run into as a family, it was those friends that now struggle with oh, okay. money. Um, and so that's why I'm so grateful to my parents because it was just those small comments um, and that, that taught me to be humble as well. Like you, you could have everything on the surface, the perfect house, the perfect car, bag, shoes, but you might not own any of it. Yeah. You know, and actually I've, in my personal experience, when I've spent all my money on material things and, and all the things I think I want, I'm actually left feeling kind of empty because they don't bring me anything but five minutes of joy in that moment. And then I think, shit, oh, I could have probably used that money towards something else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that if parents can, then they, they really, it's not about sitting children down, I don't think, and saying this is how bank accounts work and blah 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 because you don't know it's to be bombarded with that information at the wrong time it will just go in one ear and out the other but I think when children come home and they make comments about what they've seen um then yeah those are maybe the moments for the parents to step in and say oh okay well you know that's what we see but this explain the other things that could be happening um yeah well, I don't know. Yeah, I think no. it makes a big difference, that little bit of education early on. Uh, um, uh, yeah, because everything is not always what it seems. Mm. And it's really interesting what you were saying then about, you know, going out and spending stuff and then spending money on stuff and then thinking and feeling a bit empty. Because, you know, a lot of us, I mean, how often do you, do people talk about having a bit of retail therapy, you know, feel down and go and go and buy a few things and God, I'm not knocking that at all. You know, I mm. have done my fair share of that, but that's can be really addictive. And that actually you feel empty. So you go out and buy more and feel empty and go yeah. out and buy more. And, um, you know, so you've got the underlying, whatever it is that's causing you to go out and do more. And then you're getting your buy more and then you're, then you're getting yourself in debt, which is even mm which is piling problem on problem and um uh yeah so the very fact that credit is easy to obtain allows one to feed that mm -hmm. and just escalate the problems yeah and i think when you've lived in a certain way for so long just putting things on credit cards and and hoping to pay them off yeah. you naturally get stuck in that um yeah without realizing and I don't know money has a re money's got a way of making people feel trapped um trapped in a situation trapped in a way of life um you know and and that that way of living where which a lot of a lot of us live like this we we wait for our next paycheck from from the company that we work for and and everything is kind of in their hands that sense of security is in their hands you know if if you get sacked for whatever reason one day and that money is then taken from you 
where's your security gone? Yeah. And I, I struggle with that. I find that quite a scary idea. And I, I therefore now want to save more money to give myself my own sense of security rather than relying on whatever company or whatever job, because jobs don't always last. You may not enjoy it. You may not work out. Something might happen to the company. Well, it's, it's what's know. happened in the last 12 months, you know, 12 months. You know, there are so many more people mm. who are have not got a job now through no, no fault exactly. of theirs other than happening mm. to, to, to be here at the time that we've had to go through you know, everything that COVID-19 has mm-hmm. brought us. And um, Jake talked a lot in his episode, um, which if anybody's not, uh, if you've not listened to it, his was episode three and he talked about money mm-hmm. and he talked about being a student and living with, uh, you know, quite a few people in a big house and them all dreaming that that, that when they've got money, they'd all be happy. And, mm-hmm. and now he's got to a state, stage of being a much more financially secure than he has been in the past and he's realizing it's not the be all and end all and you know yes he can go out and buy stuff if he wants to but it's not really mm-hmm. it, it, it's not what he thought it might be so actually there is still searching going on yeah I I think that it's important not to be greedy either um me and Jay always talk about winning the lottery or just coming into extra money and it's not that we don't want to work and it's not that we want all the money in the world I just like enough money to be able to explore things in life um, and different life paths and I think that's how most people feel that you know but I, I think it's really important not to be to be greedy with money and to be humble with money Um, In my 20s, I have noticed that being generous with what you own and your money always comes back round to you. You, you're one of the most generous people (laughs) I have ever, ever met. And you don't give to receive. You do it out of pure love and joy for just wanting to, to give people whatever you're gifting them or, you know, even just buying someone coffees and I just think that goes a long way. The the relationship we form with money um, in our minds is is important. Um, So, yeah, I I just think not not being greedy and being a bit more humble, a bit more generous, um, somehow has always seemed to work for me. Um, Even, yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult one, though, money. I, I think it's an enabler used in the right yeah. way um, mm-hmm. and I, I know people who have jobs that pay really well really well really really well and they have a lot of money to spend but they either don't like the job or they're not happy in other ways so they spend a lot of money to hopefully make themselves feel a bit happier mm-hmm. and um it's a bit that's a vicious circle as well really and and I I've realized that since giving up my job like well I suppose it's getting on for it's getting on for nearly two years now Mm -hmm. um and so that was the last sort of proper 
proper proper in in quotes job um that i had and um oh god i've completely forgotten what i was going to say sorry menopause <laughs> brain kicks in um but I, I i'm i am much happier since then and yes i'm not mm. earning lots of money but we don't have masses of outgoings we're really lucky and we don't have masses of outgoings so actually i just don't spend much money and um that's kind of okay. I, I know I'm lucky to be in that position, um, but I don't crave expensive holidays. I, you, you know, when, yeah, I don't know. It's just different. And I, I think that all comes down to our different views of money, our different attitudes mm. to money. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a very individual thing and there is no right or wrong. And I am not criticizing anybody who wants to go off on really nice holidays because that makes them, that makes it worth the while going to work you know whatever it's each to their own it really is but that certainly doesn't work for me and I I, I prefer time yeah. I only ever worked four days even before I had kids I would much rather earn less money and have more time mm. so it's always been more important to me mm -hmm. and mm. I, th I think more people during this this year especially are realizing well, realising lots of things surrounding money, but actually I feel the same. Time is really, really valuable. And and that balance of life, I think money at the forefront of my mind doesn't work for me. It doesn't, doesn't excite me to just sit there on a, a load of cash. And it's yeah. interesting, actually, I've spoken to my mum recently, who's obviously had her 20s a long, long time ago. And she's always been great with money. They rarely buy themselves any new clothes or this and that. They put lots of money into the property they own. Um, but my mum's been wanting to buy a phone for years. It's at least two years. And she says, oh, I need to buy a new phone. And I said to her the other day, and it sounds a bit more brutal than it is, but I just said, you know, I'm, I'm not burying you with all your cash on your grave. And she just laughed at me. And I said, you know, you've worked your entire life and you've always been sensible. And she's got, they've got two daughters fully grown. They've got two grandchildren now. And still, they're still, you know, sensible with money. And they're still thinking about what will happen when they're gone to me and my sister and, and their grandchildren, they want, they still want to provide. Um, and so I'm trying to be the person in their lives that say, you know, you've reached this, this point in life where it's time to enjoy yourself and not be sensible. And there is a time for working and being sensible with money, especially if you need money, like you said, it's an enabler. Um, and if you need money to reach some, some dream or goal that, that you've got, then that's part of the process, really learning how to, to earn and save money. Um, but yeah, I just, I think my point is my mum and dad have gotten stuck in the loop of being so, yes. yeah. you know, saving that they, they've forgotten how to, to enjoy it and how to, how to spend money carelessly. <laughs> Great, so they've got you to, uh, they've got you to um, chivvy them along on that, uh, on that new path then. But yeah, I just, I just think there's balance, there's balance to be found with everything, but money especially, I think 
too we, much or too little yeah and we don't really talk about money as a as a you know no british people don't really talk about money it's like it's a dirty subject yeah. and um, god forbid you ask someone how much they earn oh louisa I honestly <laughs> And I also, I mean, you know, and we don't do that. And actually that serves, you know, I'm a great believer that that serves employers to have their employees not talking about money. Oh, um, yeah. It, it really does, because then they can pick and choose who they pay more or less for. I don't know whether I've mentioned this story in another podcast episode, but I once worked, uh, when was it? Mid 90s. I worked at a law firm in Manchester that is no more, actually, but I used to work there. And um, they were really, it's quite hardcore. When I left, I'd been there 18 months and I was the second longest serving assistant. People didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but I found out I'd been there about eight months and I found out that the, a guy on the same level as me was being paid. 10,000 pounds more than me and um, I couldn't believe it I mean I was quite happy with what I was being paid but Mm -hmm. I was like wow he's being paid 10,000 and he's only doing what I'm doing so um, I kicked up a bit of a fuss and within two days I had a 10 grand pay rise nice well Well, done nice but I mean (laughs) but it was only for the principle of it yeah you know and yeah and it was wrong and I can't remember how I found out he must have told me because I can't imagine him, me finding out any other way. So he must have told me, um, maybe he let it slip and didn't mean to or something. But yeah. um, I mean, that's shocking. It is. And I, I think that I'm not that kind of person. I'm quite open because I think that that's the way we learn in life, yeah. being open with one another and being truthful. And, you know, me telling my friends how much I earn is not to glow or to to moan, but it it almost so say in a group of people, it kind of if you're all talking about the same subject and about how much you're earning and what you do, it kind of allows you to explore where am I in life? Am I being paid the right amount for what I'm yeah. doing? Um, and and that's important. It's so important. You know, if I found out someone doing the same job was being paid 10 grand more than me, I'd be livid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people need to know their worth. And yeah, I I don't, I'm not sure. I don't agree with being so private about the amount. It's not, the amount you earn monthly or yearly does not dictate your worth. No, you know it actually says more about the company than it does about the employee it does but I do think there is a certain amount of I think people and I have done this in the past attached a certain amount of my self-worth to what I earn or my Mm. supposed status in quotes um in my job um Mm -hmm. and I, I think that that perhaps is one of the reasons why we, uh, as a nation, we are reluctant to talk about these things. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I think from my idealistic point of view that actually being more open would be good all round. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I appreciate that I, I obviously don't speak for most, I only speak for myself, I don't speak for anybody else. Um, but a bit more openness and 
honesty and kindness and compassion with that openness would be um would be marvelous <laughs> yeah and that, I just think I use my openness to empower people and my friends and yeah. I've got one friend in particular who's great at his job and actually well he's manager and two years later still no pay rise and so I come in and I'm the friend that says you know you stand up for yourself and and you've taught me if you don't ask you don't get and it you know and it's so true I just think we need to know our worth we need to feel confident enough to ask for what we deserve and but you know I'm not I'm not too outspoken I as a person I just think that if you truthfully believe you deserve better then you should be able to ask for it going back to also the point of being humble and not too greedy you know don't ask for I would never ask for more this amount of money if I didn't think that I was working at that level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that I like to empower people. And if I don't think they, if I think they're working more and they deserve more then they should know. And they should, I don't know, we should empower each other to, to feel confident enough and not scared to ask for things. You also taught me that what can you know, you can ask a question and what can someone say? No. The worst in, thing that can happen is they say no. Yeah, you're in no different position. Um, if it's awkward afterwards, then that's a whole different problem. Yeah. Um, well, what is that, Louisa? <laughs> that's information. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's, you know, that's something completely different. But yeah, I, I've, I've, I don't know. I've read loads of articles actually about how, you know, it's not just young people or people in their 20s. All number of people of all ages feel uncomfortable asking for what they deserve, especially in the workplace. And I, I think, you know, that, that's something needs to change there, I think, to be honest. And I the, think a little bit of openness would help that. Yeah. A little bit more openness would, would spread the word that it's okay to ask and... Yeah, mm. uh, I have strong views on that. Yeah, obviously, yeah, <laughs> and we could go off on so many tangents, but I'm really desperately trying not to. So um, I think uh, we will, I'll just start wrapping wrapping this up, as they say. Um, but there are, there are a few comments that people sent to me that I just want to read out because I do want to include everybody. We're not going to be able to talk about these at length because we have already talked at length but I want to give them a mention so um I'm going to get this one out there quickly because this is one that could send us off on a massive tangent so somebody said buy a property as soon as you can now I know who this person is and I know it worked for them this is definitely not my advice and it's not advice I got and it's not advice I would give my 20 year old self, but maybe the whole thing about buying a property could be a whole other conversation. Mm. Um, but I, I'm guessing you don't necessarily agree with that piece of advice. I don't. No. That was the advice given to me my whole life. Oh. And, and I would love to, to buy property. The day that if that happens, I'll be very happy. I, you know, my parents 
bought a home in England and a, a home in Italy. And that was what was important for them to buy property and to pay off mortgage, the mortgages to, I guess, give me and my sister some security in life. Um, but times have changed and actually, God, I don't know when I'll afford a property. Yeah. It's difficult. It's really yeah. difficult. I'm and not saying I don't agree with it, actually, as a, as a, I just don't think it's necessarily something to strive for as soon as you can, mind you, as soon as you can, when, when is that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be for, for me, for me, that was 35. I didn't own a property until I was 35. Um, and I don't necessarily think that did me any harm. Yes, I could have made money buying and sell properties, but I, cause I happen to have lived in places weirdly that would have, if I'd bought in all those places, I would have probably made money, but I just didn't want that. I didn't want that mm-hmm. tie. Um, yeah, but that that's how I feel. That I buying... just I just didn't want that. It was not. It was not for me. It wouldn't have worked for me. Um, well, we'll never know whether it would have worked because I didn't do it. But <laughs> that is definitely that person's advice, and I know why they. And that's really and it's really worked for them, and that's great. Um, so I just want to put that advice out there that it's not a bad thing to think about, but maybe mm-hmm. you know. Um, another one was don't be jealous about what other people have. Yeah. And I know this comes from the heart from this person because this person has spent a lot of time feeling jealous about what other people have and is now realising, like you say, it might look all bright and shiny mm. on the surface, but you don't always know yeah. what the cost, and I'm not just talking financial cost no. of all that bright shininess is. Um, so just be 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 a bit more humble and a bit more happy with what mm. you've got um a friend of mine um said he he was talking about balance so balance at work and he he says the way he puts it is he thought about his job but he didn't think about his career and by that he means he enjoyed himself so he would go out on work dues and you know he he would always be sociable and be out there and um uh, enjoying himself but he he feels as a result of that he wasn't really taken seriously at work so he ended up having to play catch up when his contemporaries were getting promoted and he wasn't I mean he says he doesn't regret it because he had a good time but if he could go back he would he would give more priority to his career management mm-hmm. um, and you know that is a beautiful example of the gift of hindsight um (laughs) yeah um but you know and uh somebody else said to me that um I wish I'd taken my pension more seriously now before we recorded you and I were talking about pensions and we're certainly not going to talk about pensions in depth here at all because neither of us have much of a clue well it's not we don't have a clue but we certainly wouldn't want to be um extolling any knowledge on the on the subject of pensions um Mm -hmm. but um yeah but that was this person's advice they wish now they're now in their 50s and they wish they'd taken their pension more seriously i definitely Mm -hmm. didn't so um and i'm yeah it's not something i'm proud of but it's just the way it is i think that you know actually although i 
<laughs> this is personal opinion, <laughs> but I don't think the pension in the UK is really great for anyone. Um, mm. I don't think that for the amount we work in our lifetimes, we get very much back. But anyway, that's different. So do you mean the state pension? Yeah. So there's a state pension and then she means she wished she'd taken her private. private. I presume she means she wished she'd paid more into her pension plan while she was um, working. I presume that's what she means. I I don't know. Interesting. So my, yeah, my view on it is... It, it's gotten a lot better. You have to sign up to yeah. pension as part of working past a certain age. And so I think in that way, and, you know, employee employer contributions, that is also a great move and a great step forward. Um, but how do you become more serious? Be it me being 27 years old and I pay you know quite and I pay enough into my pension monthly and at this age where I'm trying to kind of explore life and yeah and and do different things the that amount of money I put in my pension actually could go quite far month to month um and I appreciate what she's saying that you know in the long run yeah it's great to cash in some money when you're older and you can't work anymore um but yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's only so far I think mine will personally take me and I, I pay a good amount into it. Um, so I don't know. Well, I think that perhaps counts as you taking it seriously. Yeah, maybe. Because a lot, I think, um, you know, certainly when I, when I started work and the person who wrote that is a similar age to me, um, uh, you were you weren't made to join the pension scheme mm. so now you have to you know you, you, you don't join a work pension scheme but you you join a pension scheme that you can sort of pay into as you move jobs whereas it was very much you joined the pension scheme of where you worked because we were the tail end of the generation where you know it was much more job for life you you started a job and you had a really good pension entitlement at the end of that job but you work there nearly you know nearly all your working life whereas um my age group now is much it, it those really great uh pension schemes that pay out a lot of money when you retire went you know I I was never um I never worked anywhere where those were available yes there were pension schemes you could join but they were attached to the job so when you left you 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 know so there are lots of people my age who will have lots of little bits of pensions if they've moved around jobs lots of little pension pots here and there um and um it's all a bit of a mess really um so i think it's good good to hear that uh, you know yes it's auto enrollment you know workplaces have to have one now don't they or workplaces over a certain size so you've got one and you're paying into it and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's as serious as you need to get. I think the point is almost so when you leave a job, it's perhaps easy not to pay into it and then to not start paying into it again. Or if your employer's not contributing, why would I pay in? It's a bit more like take it a bit more, mm. think of the future more. But I mean, I've, I've never been very good at thinking too far ahead. So um, I'm not sure I would have taken mine any more seriously. What's your advice? It sounds like you are. Sorry? What's your advice for money? Ooh. uh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put you on the spot. (laughs) Um, 
I am very risk averse when it comes to money. Uh, so I, you know, I, I would certainly have been somebody a bit older who would have it under my mattress where I could see it. So, um, yes, I'm not, yes, it's not gaining any interest, but also in, I'm not losing it. I don't know what, you know, I know where it is. I would have been inclined to have been one of those people. I think I haven't got money under my mattress, by the way. Um, I, I just like to know where it is, know that it's safe and knew that it's available. So I I don't really have a pension. I've got a couple of little pots where I've worked before, but you know, as we were saying, they're, they're gonna give me about a grand a year. Um, I, we, my husband and I inherited some money and we bought a flat, so we've got a buy to let. And, um, we managed that ourselves. It's only one little one bed flat and it's really close to where we live. That was all. I wasn't prepared to make it any more complicated than that. So that will be a lump sum for us somewhere along the line. Um, but you've got to have quite a hefty deposit to be able to make that work, but it pays for itself. Um, so we have done that because he wanted to do that. I wasn't that keen. It's probably a good financial move, but I definitely wasn't that keen. Um, and um, other than that, I have an I, I have an ISA that I just don't touch. Mm. So that's not necessarily my advice. That is what I have done. Um, I don't like the restrictions there are with pensions. So I don't really understand them, but I think there are certain restrictions with what you can do with the pot that you have built up. And I think I want to be in control of my money. I want to, you know, as is it what Julia Roberts says in, in Pretty Woman? I want to say who, I want to say when, I want to say how much or something like that. You know, I want to be, I want to be in, in control of it as much as I can. And if that means I don't, um, it doesn't earn as much money, it doesn't make as much money for me, then I'm not that bothered because I'm, I'm not really that bothered in acquiring money. Mm-hmm. I, I just have this lump sum and I just want it to be safe and I want to know that's available um, mm-hmm. as I need it. But it, it's somewhere that I don't see. It's not on my, you know, it's not in my bank. It's somewhere else. So I almost forget about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That That is the key for me because I'm very much a live in the moment sort of, right, let's, let's have a really great holiday that we'll all have great memories for um, and not worry about how we're going to fix the car if it breaks down next year. Whereas my husband yeah. is much more... Uh, what we're going to do if the car breaks down because it's on its last leg so we can't afford to have a holiday now so we're actually quite a good balance in Mm -hmm. some ways um yeah I don't know I'm not sure I have a I don't make money work for me and I admire people who do so I think maybe my advice would be having thought all that through is is learn more about it and work out how you can make your money work for you Mm. um and you need to work out your risk level I mean I am quite risk I'm quite I I don't take risks um so with our ices we have to choose where to put the you know how how risk you know what's our level of risk and i'm definitely low to medium um when mm-hmm. when it comes to where the, what the shares that that money goes in although more and more i wanted to put it somewhere that, that the funds are investing in sustainable and uh, a sustainable 
things that's a really awful word I can't think of a better one so um I am much yeah. more interested in that you know so it will go in green energy companies and yeah. you know other, other things like that and I you know I I try mm-hmm. and be careful where as much as I can um but I, I'm not great at thinking about the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of just take it as it comes really so yeah, maybe I should. I, what I should. What you're highlighting to me is that that maybe I could do more around money and think about it more and pay more attention <laughs> and research. Go and find some information. Mm, yeah, yeah. I need to do more research. I think. I don't know. I, well, by the sounds of it, for what, for, for 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 you know, for what it's worth, I think you're in quite good financial shape. Thank you. <laughs> Right. So the other two things are um, so one. Th- this was one say one one word one line of advice, and then I've got a story on the same um, thing that will just bring us to an end. So this was never get into debt for a bloke. So obviously this person has done that, um, and you know we're talking. So far we've been talking about us individually and, and, mm-hmm. and money. Um, get getting yourself into financial trouble for somebody else or in somebody else's name or to help somebody else out is a whole other ball game altogether. Um, so this story um, here is, um, so this person is talking about their twenties and says, on the one hand, I am so happy that my twenties were spent socializing, holidaying, exercising, eating out, going to the cinema and theatre and weekends away. Gosh, that sounds marvellous, doesn't it? That sounds even more marvellous, given that we've had a year of not doing any of those things. Right. On the other hand, I should have been way more mindful about future finances and maybe having more of a balance and not relying on my then boyfriend, who I thought was taking care of, in quotes, all that. Only later, I discovered he is terrible with money. There was no harm done, really, but I could have been a bit more comfortable now had I thought about it then mind you we had a blast and we could have been knocked over by a bus tomorrow it's a really tricky balance mm-hmm. and, and we and we've we kind of touched on that didn't we that it is all a balance and a, and a balance of enjoying now but paying for it later and I just think the only thing is there's no such thing as free money no you know so if you if you get money now be it by credit or a loan or whatever and you spend it that mm-hmm. is fabulous, but you are going to have to pay it back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I never really gave any thought because I don't think about the future. I never gave much thought to the paying it back, but there is no yeah. such thing as free money. And I, no. I think that's quite a good place that's to end. That's a good place to end it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Louisa. Thank you. It's funny because we talk about all sorts, but we don't talk about money either. So, um, no do we mm-hmm. so it's been good to do this yeah thank, thank you very you. much mm-hmm. thank you everybody um uh, who's who's listened um we really appreciate you um you being here um this is the last of the episodes i'll be talking to louisa in this series and there's one more episode to follow um which will be uh, just me speaking it'll be a solo episode and then that'll be the end of series one but I will be back with series two and I'm hoping Louisa will be a regular 
Uh, oh, I said regular last week, but still not a regular guest. Let's call you that, <laughs> or a, a regular co co host of uh, some of those episodes. But um, time will tell. So thank you, Louisa. You have been brilliant. You've done five of these with, with me. They've been an absolute oh. joy. And thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye Louisa. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Meeting of Minds podcast. You can find this podcast in all the usual places. Please tell your friends, please subscribe. And if you have a moment, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review as it helps other people find us and helps me spread the messages of empowerment and positivity that I'm really passionate about. If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website at www.safeandsupported.co.uk. Until next time, bye.